Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends, and happy, happy new year. This is the first episode since 2022, so I hope your year is off to a great start. As a reminder, we are taking a brief break from the universal laws of manifestation to introduce a guest interview today. But before we jump in with Emily, I have a few announcements. First, I am reviving my quarterly email, so if you would like to get an email from me from time to time, head over to my website at the-modernmanifestation.com and fill out the contact form at the bottom of the page. I promise I am not going to spam you because I am not the type of person who will write an email every single week. That's just not who I am today. Maybe next year, maybe in a few years from now, that's who I'll be, but not today. So this will probably be more of like a probably like once a month sort of situation. <laughs> My first email of the year went out last week, but if you missed it and you want to learn about my take on the meaning of 2022 and how we can maintain long-lasting resolutions and not just resolutions that last for a few weeks, then send me an email at hello at the, T-H-E, modernmanifestation.com, and we will make sure to send you a copy of it. Okay, let's get into today's discussion. I am thrilled to be sharing an episode with you where Emily Perry and I discuss connecting with your intuition, managing limiting beliefs, finding your purpose, and of course, manifestation. Emily Perry is an energetic mastery and business coach, yoga teacher trainer, and host of the Rock Your Purpose podcast. She's amazing, and I can't wait to jump into this episode with you guys. So let's dive in. Hello, Emily. Welcome, welcome. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. I would love to kick things off with you describing to the listeners what your focus is in the manifestation world and how this resulted in you becoming a coach and a podcast host of the Rock Your Purpose podcast. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you again for having me here. I'm so excited to chat with you about all the things. I am an energetic mastery and business coach, and I also train yoga teachers. So I'm a yoga teacher trainer and the host of the Rocky Purpose podcast. And how did I, I got into this work through the lens of yoga, actually. So way back in the day, um, when I was real, you know, a teenager, actually, I hung out at self-help bookstores and like new age bookstores, as we used to call them. And that was sort of like my inroad to personal development. Fast forward, I went through acupuncture school. So I'm an acupuncturist and herbalist. And so I'm trained in Chinese energetics and medical Qigong and 
I got my Reiki certification and started really diving deep into yoga energetics. And so my, my love language is energy. And so that's actually sort of my inroad into some of this work. So I got into manifestation from the energetic point of view, from, you know, this place of energetic embodiment and like embodied manifestation. So that's sort of my inroad into this conversation. And through that journey, what really showed up for me along the way, like all these years is how we all have a purpose. And yoga actually speaks directly to this. They talk about having a purpose and having, you know, a dream and desires and wanting freedom. Like it's actually in the classic texts, right? So I started diving into purpose work and manifestation and personal development through, yeah, the lens of Chinese energetics and, you know, Chinese medical school and yoga teacher training. And I've trained, you know, over a hundred yoga teachers at least at this point. And really kind of diving into like the energy of who we are and how our energetics play such a big role in the way that we show up, the way that we bring a purpose to life, the way that we manifest what we're calling in or don't, (laughs) Um, and so much more. So I'm really, yeah, excited to have this conversation with you today. I love that you're talking about the energetic side of manifestation because that is an area that I will dabble in, but it's definitely not an area that I focus in a whole lot on this podcast. So I would love to hear more about your perspective on it and what we can be doing energetically to raise our vibration so that we can be better at this manifesting journey. Yeah. So I, th- I think like, so what really interested me in studying Chinese energetics and, and energetics in general was how in Chinese medicine, they talk about how, okay, emotions cause disease and disease cause emotions. Like there's no, there's no division, right? And in fact, our, what the energy that we store in our body in Chinese medicine, like in our channel energetics and in our, like our, our energy body has an effect on how we feel, how we think. And there's actually, teachings in Chinese medicine that are thousands of years old that talk about storing old energy in the body energetically, right? So when we start to look at manifestation and people aren't getting the results that they want, or they feel like, you know, they're doing all the things, but nothing's like really showing up for them. I often like to look at the energy of the body and like, look at how we're storing old trauma, old ideas, like you know, sometimes we have, and I, I have listened to a podcast of yours in, recently where you were talking about how, you know, maybe we're thinking all the thoughts, but our subconscious isn't on board, right? And so that's where energetics really comes into play because it actually can work you on an energetic level, like in the auric field, but then also it can work the subconscious and help you clear the subconscious. And so Chinese medicine actually speaks directly to the fact that like we can clear energetically our subconscious programming and patterns that we talk about in the yoga tradition as well. We can do that. We can clear those energy patterns. We can clear those blocks. We can open those channels so that we're not moving from the past. We're not projecting one thing out energetically and subconsciously, but saying another thing (laughs) and really having that again, like I was listening to that episode that you're talking about congruency, like having a congruency between your inner life and your outer expression is really, is really the heart of it. Right. And we talk about this a lot in conscious leadership, like congruency is really the name of the game. Like if you feel like there's not a match between how you feel in your inner life and how you're expressing yourself in the world, then I think looking to your energy body, looking to like how you're holding old patterns and limiting beliefs and old stories 
in the body, like in the, in the soma, right? The somatics. So somatic practices, I think in general are really powerful. I mean, that's why I teach breath work and meditation and body work and, and yoga and all these somatic practices are really going to be supportive in helping people clear some of that old energy. Yes. And what you just described about energy getting stuck is so relevant because I actually just went to the Modern Nirvana conference where the author of The Emotional Code spoke. And I bring it up because the author talks about emotions and how they can get stuck energetically and ways that we can release them, which is actually how I ended up taking breathwork classes to try to move through some of that energy myself. And it's like you said, the stagnant energy can get stuck in places within our body if we're not taking care of our whole selves and working to move through those emotions. And when you think about that from an energetic perspective, then that means that we can manifest things in our lives that we don't want as a result of some of this stuck and stagnant energy that's no longer serving us or these emotions, these energies in motion that are stuck within us. So I love what you just said. It kind of helps bring all of that back into perspective. So you talk about the yoga pillars on your website as well as in your Rock Your Purpose podcast. Can you talk a little bit more about what those pillars are and how they can help us find our purpose? Yeah, so in in the yoga tradition, they talk about actually like four pillars to purpose, what I call four pillars to purpose. They call them the four arthas. If you're if you're like if you're wondering what I'm talking about, the four they also call them the four purposes. And it's this idea that like we all come into being on this planet with these four desires, right? And Rod Stryker, to name drop, he wrote a book called The Four Desires, which is another way to dive into this work um, a little bit more. But there's four purposes or four of these core desires that we have. So one is like purpose, like to align with our purpose, what we call dharma. And another is what we call kama and it's called, it's desire, but it's not just like desire, but it's, it's like this, 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 this dream, right? Like we all dream the dream. We all have this desire to bring something more into being. Like we all come onto this planet wanting something more, right? And it's actually what propels us forward and helps us create momentum and helps us take steps forward and evolve and grow as human beings. So like, some traditions, you know, they really, they try to like squash your desire, but from the traditions I come from, it's a full embodiment tradition where it's like your desire is part of who you are and let's channel that to bring our purpose to life. Right. So wanting the thing, you know, whatever it happens to be like, it might be like, okay, I want to have that rocking business or I want to have that house or that partner or whatever it is those are important. And like really allowing ourselves to dream our dreams is really important. And I think especially for women or people who identify as women, often in this culture, we are told that our desires, our dreams should be secondary to somebody else's, right? And so this is often where a lot of people have to start is like allowing themselves to dream their dream. (laughs) No, not (laughs) someone else's. Um, So we've got, we've got desire, we've got dreaming, We've got purpose. And then we also have something called artha, which is means. Like we all want to have the means to bring the vision to life, right? So the means to bring the desire into being, the means to manifest whatever that is. That might mean financial abundance. It might mean better health. You know, it might mean time abundance. It could mean a lot of different things. So we have that, that we all have that call to have the means to bring our vision to life. And then lastly is is freedom, moksha. Like we all have this 
drive, this desire to experience freedom, right? And to feel more free in our life. And, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs I work with, like this is actually kind of the driving force. They think it's the desires and that dream and like, okay, wanting the thing, but actually what it is, is freedom. What they want is freedom. They want to be able to like, you know, like I am today, I'm going to go take my daughter to get her driver's license. You know, like I, I can do that in the middle of the day and not feel like I am tied to a cubicle somewhere, you know? And so these four purposes or these four, these four pillars to purpose really, if we work all of them and if we're aware of all of them, they really help us get momentum and manifest the thing because, you know, we're wanting the thing that we want and not somebody else's like dream or vision for our lives. So I think it can be really powerful. Hmm. Purpose, desire, means, and freedom. Love all of those. And I especially loved when you mentioned that a lot of times we have this tendency to put our desires secondary to other people's. And if I were to say that there was a silver lining from the pandemic that we've experienced, it would be that people were given space and time to explore those four areas, the purpose, desires, their means, and their freedoms. And I think that's really contributing to this, what we're calling the great resignation, because we're putting ourselves first more often, or we're being more intentional about it. And so we're starting to see these people shift industries, get out of work entirely, and just pursue things that actually make them happy. And I know that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs, so the next question I want to ask relates to this, this purpose component, the very first one that you mentioned. How can you cultivate this idea of living your purpose if you're just not interested in entrepreneurship, but you want to live more purposefully and you want to be fulfilled? How can you have this feeling of significance and freedom without starting your own business? Well, yeah, and that's the thing about purpose in Dharma is that it's it's the thread that gets woven through everything. So your purpose doesn't necessarily have to be your like vocation or your career choice, or it it doesn't have to be entrepreneurship, but it's sort of like that, that why behind what you do, you know, so you could have really purpose driven life, you know, working, doing anything, right? I mean, you know, one of my friends, like her career career isn't necessarily what is, you know, where her purpose lies, but she does a lot of work you know, with her children in the school. And like, she really is into bringing conscious communication into the school system, right? That's her like drive and purpose and like her why, you know, but she's not paid for it. (laughs) And so your purpose, it can be something like the thread, we call it like a thread that you get to weave through everything. So connecting to our inner, like our inner vision, our inner why, like that, that dream that we have, we can still weave it into whatever, whatever part of our life, like really is at the forefront of our consciousness at the moment. So, I mean, we all have different places where we find ourselves most ignited and most interested. And so really following that, that, that spark, that intuition, I think can be really powerful. Yes. And what you were just talking about, that intuition component, is a question I get asked all the time. I feel like that's probably the number one question that slides into my DMs on Instagram. It's this question of, and I'd love to hear your perspective, what if I'm struggling to tune into it? What if I'm struggling to get messages? What advice do you have for the person that wants to connect with their intuition? Yeah. So there's a couple of things. Like Intuition is a sticky wicket. And <laughs> I know a lot of people don't really talk about that, but Here's the thing. 
learning to distinguish between conditioning and intuition is will change your life, right? Because often those things that we like, we think we're following our intuition, but it's really like, you know, our subconscious beliefs that no longer serve us, or it's the way we've been conditioned, you know, like, you know, the friend who like keeps following her intuition, but she keeps dating the same person with a different name, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So what I usually recommend is people start with something called the full body. Yes. Which is actually a somatic practice and you might be familiar with it, but it's, you know, you, what you do is you come into a, you know, quiet moment and you really tune into yourself and you turn, tune into your breath and you just take a moment and then you think of a moment in time where you felt like this full yes, like full body yes, like all parts of who you are were lit up and that was your yes. And you, you feel into that somatically, like where do you feel that in your body? How does it feel? Does it have temperature, texture? You describe it. And then you do the same thing for a no like a moment in time where you're like, this is not, not a right fit. This is not happening. I'm a no to this moment or this thing, right? Do the same thing and describe that for yourself. And then as you move through your day, you can make decisions and choices checking in with your full body. Yes, your full body. No, right? So you can do a check-in and see, okay, is this a yes or a no? And you can start making small decisions from that place right? Like, do I want this cup of tea? Do I want a cup of coffee? Do you know, so you can, you know, you can use that for your guidepost to begin with, and then start making small decisions from that place. And then over time, you'll build confidence in your, your visceral, your response, like you'll know, okay, this is a yes for me, this is a no, you know, and you can start to follow those threads of yes, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it takes some time and it takes practice. And I do usually recommend that people really tune into their full body. Yes. And like, do that with smaller decisions first <laughs> before you're like, do I take this job? Do I move to a different city? Do I say yes to the ring or whatever, you know, it happens to be, I find that the full body. Yes. Can be really powerful. Yes. I love that you describe it as this full bodily. Yes. With physical cues, because we know that the mind and body work together on so many more levels than we're used to. And so this is a great reminder that we can trust that part of ourselves. We can trust our bodies. So the next question I'm going to ask is related to rebuilding that relationship when it's suppressed because, and honestly, this is totally selfish because one thing I'm actively working on is this, is detaching from the belief that logic and an analytical mind is more important than feeling or emotion. And I know that this isn't true conceptually, and I'm trying to feel into that. But I believed it for so long that I've experienced what I've called this emotional numbness or a lack of total body awareness. And I know I'm not alone in this because I have other friends. I've had clients. I feel like I'm attracting people that have the same sort of situation. So it's something I'm very much aware of right now. So I'd love to hear your perspective on this, either from a Chinese medicine perspective or an energetic perspective. If someone has experienced trauma in their life that makes them feel unsafe to connect with their body, or maybe it's just something that they're not used to doing, what advice can you give them that might help them rebuild this connection with their body? Yeah, I think often the first step, I mean, obviously, if like you have a lot you're working with, like, you know, getting support and like there are somatic therapists that work specifically with like held energetics in the body. And, you know, I obviously recommend that, but 
it's 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 going to be a retraining and a learning to listen. So oftentimes when people have that kind of context for what they're working with, it's like learning just to feel is the first part of it. And so I often recommend breath work for this because it really gets you into like, you know, you can put a hand on your belly and a hand on your heart and starting to feel into your body and actually, okay, feeling your feelings and then feeling your feelings in your body and making that connection. And so it's actually a conscious practice. Like you'll have to take time out to do. It's almost like instead of doing a yoga practice, you're doing, okay, I'm going to do my breath work, my, you know, my body, mind connection practice. Like it's a, it's a skill, right? That you'll have to rewire. And so taking that time to like, okay, this is emotion I'm feeling. I'm going to, I'm going to, okay, I'm feeling whatever it is. I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm going to take a moment and feel that in my body and like, okay, what is that? What what am I actually feeling in my body? Do I feel butterflies in my stomach? Do I feel hot in my face? Do I feel, is it overwhelm or is it really just sadness? Like starting to navigate that terrain once again will be really powerful because once you can start to connect the cues more clearly within yourself, you'll start to trust your intuition more. You'll start to trust the response that you have you'll start to build a muscle again, but it is a muscle, you know, it is, I mean, for a lot of people, they go through this kind of checkout place where it's like from the head down, there's not a connection between what they're thinking and feeling and like how their body feels. <laughs> so, um, and certain places, certain sports and certain types of work actually, um, reinforce this, you know? And so really starting to feel into ourselves again, um, is, is a great place to start. And so starting with like gentle breath work. And like, again, if you feel a feeling pause and then feel that in your body and like get a description, like, do I have a temperature texture, you know, starting to feel safe in the experience of emotion in the body again, I think is really, um, a great place to start. Such a powerful answer. And your response reminds me of this concept of limiting beliefs and how they can play into all of this as well. And especially for our friends that are entrepreneurs, they can either keep us from starting something, from thinking we're capable of doing something, that we're ready to do something. And I know this is going to be a lot to unpack in one question or even one podcast, but what are your thoughts on releasing limiting beliefs or how do you prefer to do that? Yeah, I mean, limiting beliefs. Whew. I mean, I mean, I have a whole, I have a course. I know it's a lot <laughs> called Clear Limiting Beliefs. <laughs> it's one of those things that will show up for people once they're on the path. So you have this dream, you know, you're like, okay, I want to create this thing, I want to manifest this thing, and you start to take some steps, or you try to start to take aligned action, and then, and then. You're so close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And that's when all the stories will start to show up, like all those old patterns. The limiting beliefs are often stories that we've inherited from society, from families of origin, from teachers in school, from a comment someone made to you in like Girl Scouts or, you know, if you did that sort of thing. Right. And so we pick up these storylines that we then turn into belief systems. And the thing is about limiting beliefs is like, we see them as facts. Like we don't, we don't even see them because they become the, the lens through which we view the world. And I think of them, I like to think of it as like rose colored glasses or like green glasses, right? Where you're viewing the world through that lens of your perception of your limiting beliefs and learning to take those off is a practice as well. And 
this is what I love. I mean, I'm going to keep harping about breath work, but breath work is actually from the yoga tradition. We call this clearing the lenses of perception, starting to see reality as it is, as opposed to the way that we think it is, right? Because of the way we've been trained and doing practices like breath work and meditation and like even just stuff like going for a walk and like processing and on a walk and being like, is this real? Like, am I? Am I just making up this story that I can't do this thing or do I really not have it in me? You know, like starting to really process your own like storylines that come up, I think can be really powerful. And I love going for like a wonder walk and doing that where you're just kind of like walking and like working through it. I love that example. And it's funny you mentioned the rose colored glasses because I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. I I feel like 90% of my clients, when I bring up the word limiting beliefs, I get a lot of pushback. They're like, oh, I don't have any. And I find it so funny because as we start working together, we realize, oh, here are the limiting beliefs that you have, but you didn't realize they were limiting beliefs because you view them as facts. You believe them so deeply that you don't think it's a belief. You're like, no, that is just black and white fact about myself or something around me. And I always find it interesting whenever someone has a lot of resistance around a particular area and they're saying, well, that's just how the world works or that's just blank. That's when I'm like, okay, there's something here and we might need to go a little deeper with that. But I, I love your comment about the rose colored glasses. And I'm like, okay, great. It's not just, it's not just me, right? <laughs> you know? yeah, that's something yeah, we're all, yeah. all dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, with limiting beliefs, it's like, yeah, like, okay, we see that we see them as facts, like we don't even see them. And then as we grow and change and evolve and like up level in our lives, you bump up against a whole nother set of them. So it's like, I mean, this, this inner work, this inner journey, this manifestation journey is never done, right? Because you're always growing and you're always evolving, you're always changing. And part of that journey too is like, so Gay Hendricks, you probably read The Big Leap. I'm sure many of your listeners might have, but he wrote this book called The Big Leap and he talks about four inner barriers to expansion and transformation and growth, right? And these are ways in which limiting beliefs can show up. Like when we self-sabotage, when we play small, when we um, have this fear of outshining other people, you know, a lot of times it's because we have these like limiting beliefs, these like, stories that we've been carrying that are keeping us in the safe zone, like in our comfort zone. Yeah. But like your safe zone, your comfort zone isn't where that thing that you're looking to manifest lies. <laughs> you know, it's like it's outside that zone. <laughs> What's come to mind is the scene from Devil Wears Prada where Stanley Tucci looks at Anne Hathaway and he's like, oh, well, let me know when your whole life's about to go up in smokes. That's when you know it's up. you're up for a promotion. And in my mind, that's sort of how, how it is when you're leveling up, when you're working through these limiting beliefs, because it's like things feel a little chaotic and then there's a period of stillness. And then all of a sudden there's like a whole new level of limiting beliefs that you have to work through. But we're cyclical beings. We're not linear. We're going to have to keep working through these things as they come up. And there will be new phases of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> well, I think self-sabotage is one of those things that like most people go through in some point, right? So, mm -hmm. and that's often a point of like when you're about to up level or you're about to like, you know, you're in that partnership with somebody and it's about to go to outside your comfort zone. Like maybe it's going to be more committed or like maybe your health is about to like take a turn for the better. 
and then mm-hmm. you sabotage it. You know, I think a lot of people can can kind of maybe remember a time where they've done that, and that's you know that self sabotage. That's all the subconscious belief systems that are trying to keep you in a safe comfort zone, but. It's our work as like people who are doing this work to like start to like, you know, okay, how can I, how can I bring consciousness to the unconscious, right? And start to like really manifest what I want to bring into being and like not let my old stories hold me back anymore. Right. And I love that you use the phrase self-sabotage because a lot of times I talk about perfectionism and really what I mean is self-sabotage. And it's funny to me that someone might identify as someone that self-sabotages, but not as a perfectionist or vice versa. They say they're a perfectionist, but they're like, oh no, I don't self-sabotage. But then you're seeing how that's showing up in the way they live their lives, right? The withholding of effort, the procrastinating, the avoidance, the micromanagement, you know, all of these things that are associated with perfectionism, which are very much acts of self-sabotage. And you're right, it, it all kind of plays in together and that's why I think that's such a important thing to work on because I think that perfectionism can actually be the foundation in which a lot of your limiting beliefs have been built from. And that's just something that society has taught us to embrace is this concept of perfectionism. And I, I recently finished up a book by Stephen Guy's The Gifts of, or is it not The Gifts of Imperfection? That's Brene Brown. It's, I think, How to Be an Imperfectionist. But it's a phenomenal book and he talks a lot about taking micro steps. And so, yes, analyzing these limiting beliefs, but then also not only knowing they exist, but then how do you take that step and to actually take action? And the whole thing about procrastination is when you fail to implement, because a lot of us will get stuck in that analysis paralysis component, which is where I think in the self-help world, so many of us can fall into the trap of, I just want to analyze and I just want to stay in my head and think about all the things that I'm working on and then not get to that next step of, okay, but now I need to actually act on these things. Now I need to actually make change so that yes, I'm aware, that's great, but the next step is implementation. And with procrastination, you usually don't get to that second step because you want to keep thinking about how you might do something the right way believing there's a right and a wrong, this black and white idea of how the world works. And so I love that you say self-sabotage because it beautifully ties into this idea of perfectionism and how all of these things are intercorrelated with limiting beliefs and how it's keeping us from taking the appropriate actions, which is a huge part of manifestation, the law of action. And most people love to forget about that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love that. I love this conversation because it's like, it's all about action, right? It's all about like aligned action and taking steps. And, you know, ha- I haven't really do- did, like dove into this content from the perf- that lens of perfection, but I see what you're saying. And sometimes I feel like that the perfectionist speak is Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the drama triangle. Some of you guys might be familiar with the drama triangle. This is a model and um, I can give you a link for it, but it's a model that I've learned from the Hendricks coaching model. And so they're, they're into conscious coaching. And this drama triangle is this way in which we tend to loop ourselves in drama, right? And there's three roles on the drama triangle. There's the hero role, there is the villain role, and there's the victim role. And heroes, like people who tend to hero, quote unquote hero. So they like to hero people often fall into the perfectionist role, right? 
where it's it's actually really not a place of presence they're coming from. They're like trying to fix things, they're trying to control things, they're trying to make things a certain way. And I think sometimes this black and white thinking is really just this fear of taking action and having it not work out. So you just don't take action at all. And then you can, but it, it doesn't work out if you don't take action at all either, right? Like, so it's sort of like, you, you know, and you learn along the way. And one of the things I love to talk about is like in the yoga tradition, in the yoga sutras of Patanjali, this is like an old yoga text, you guys. They talk about how the best source of knowledge comes from direct experience. So you could read all the books. You can listen to Modern Manifestation Till the Cows Come Home. You can listen to <laughs> Brene Brown talk about all the things. But like, unless you're living it, it's not going to be as embodied and you're, it's not going to be as deep of a knowing in your bones, you know? And so even if it's like a, you know, small steps, like starting to take action will bring more action. It actually becomes momentum, right? And so I totally feel you. I feel like it's all about action. And um, yeah, we could read all the things. Like you can sleep with you can sleep with your your manifestation books under your pillow. But <laughs> what's really gonna what's really gonna change things is like is yeah, doing the practices of like yeah, doing the thing right, taking action and taking small steps and letting yourself create a new habit from small steps as opposed to like just trying to change your whole life in one day. Yeah, I love that. And I was listening to a, I think it was a G James Wedmore podcast recently, where he talked about basically being a, he didn't use this phrase, but I can't remember the exact phrase he used, being a personal development vampire. Like all you do is consume content, but you are not then taking that content and doing something with it and allowing yourself in that way to give back to the world and putting an energy out there that is giving back. So it's you're taking, 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 but then not implementing or doing anything to create change or to create a new wave of giving back that energy in a more productive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. Yeah, I, just, I love the idea too of like, because we often talk about sending and receiving when we talk about energetics mm -hmm. and like it's a loop, right? So if you're in the receiving it's also sending out and sharing and giving and like that's part of purpose too, right? Like whatever's changed your life, like get out there and share it. Like that's part of the, that's part of the deal. <laughs> I love it. And so you mentioned breath work as being this wonderful exercise to really help with a lot of this stuff and really help you move through a lot of these things. And breath work is something I'm very new to. I've been doing it for about two months and I haven't quite yet gotten to that euphoric state that a lot of people talk about. So can you just briefly talk about what breath work is and any tips you have for someone that might want to try this at home? Yeah. So breath work really, it's, you know, conscious breathing really when it comes down to it. And there are, I mean, as many styles as you can think of, many, many traditions have a breathing practice. I'm trained in the yoga tradition and it's pranayama. So pranayama means breath control or freedom of the breath through control of the breath. And so there are a lot of different practices. Not all of them are going to give you that euphoric feeling. In fact, some of them, like alternate nostril breathing, for example, helps calm the nervous system and reset the nervous system and helps you get super laser focused. So it just depends on like the technique. The technique will kind of steer the results. And 
starting with conscious breathing, like a three, we, call, we usually start with a three part breath where just getting people conscious of their breathing and realizing that the breath is so interesting because it's one of the few things in the body, like few systems of the body where we have conscious control over it, as well as subconscious automatic control, right? So we're breathing on our own, but then we can actually change our breath through our conscious effort, which like you can't always do with the body, right? (laughs) I mean, the yogis can do their heartbeat, but you know, so starting with just having one hand on our belly, one hand on our heart and having people inhale into their belly, into the chest, and then exhaling from the chest to the belly. And starting just with that full embodied breath is usually where we begin. Now, practices like what we call ego eradicator from the Kundalini tradition or breath work where there's a lot more like strong exhaling out the nose, that's going to give you more of that kind of Kundalini high, right? That kind of euphoric state. Whereas the grounded breaths, like the full embodied breaths, the breaths that really get you, the breath work that really gets you deep into your body and feeling like the nuances and like the quieter breath work will get you more into an embodied state. And so I think actually they're both really important so that we can really feel into who we are. But then at the same time, like stuff like ego eradicator, and I can always give you a link for that, but practices like that will help you clear blocks of the energetic blocks in the body in a more like, um, gross way as gross as opposed to subtle, right? So subtle body cleansing would be something more calming and, and grounding. And then also doing stuff like EU eradicator where you're really clearing your auric field, you're clearing those blocks, you're giving yourself a little boost, you're lighting up the mind, right? Because those breaths are all about lighting up the mind. And they're they're both really important. But yeah, it just depends on like the style of breath work. There's like the Wim Hof method, you know, people are really into Wim Hof right now for, for the last few years. And that will give you that kind of euphoric state for sure. Mm, I can't wait to try it out. I've always had such envy for the people that can get to that state in our breathwork classes. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today and just giving loads and loads of good information. Where can people go to get in touch with you? Oh, well, thank you again for just having me here and on the show. And it's just such a great conversation. I feel like we could talk for like hours. <laughs> I know. I was like, there's so many things I feel like this could go off into. Yeah. You'll just have to come on to my podcast and we'll have to have a conversation there. Um, <laughs> Love it. So yeah. So you can go to emilyperry.com. It's a great way to find me. Um, I do have a free checklist for people who are into, you know, really reworking their money story through manifestation and through affirmation. And they can go to emilyperry.com slash checklist to grab that. And then Instagram at emilyperry.co and at rock your purpose. That's where I am. I'm usually on the gram, (laughs) but those are, those are great (laughs) places to find me. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much for joining me. I loved, loved, loved our conversation. This could easily go on for hours, but I know you have a hard stop. You got the wonderful driver's test coming up, which so much love and luck to your daughter on that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me again and can't wait to talk to you soon. And a huge thank you to everyone who tuned in to Emily and I's conversation today. And if you're looking to find the links she mentioned earlier, you can head over to my website under the blog section, find the show notes, and you'll find all the links to reach Emily as well as her bio. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. Please let us know what your takeaways were from today's episode. Screenshot an image of the podcast and tag at emilyperry.co and at Modern Manifestation. We'd love to hear what you're working on. 
Thanks again for tuning in, and I will catch y'all next Monday. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. Thank y'all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.